Tonight on the Virtual Bible Study, we want to deal with a topic that is really under serious consideration at this specific time of the year. We're going to talk about dancing because we know a lot of young people at this time are especially tempted concerning attending the prom. And so our subject for consideration tonight is dancing and the prom. Join us as we study this important subject on the Virtual Bible Study. It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 93- one three eight one four five six seven or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com we hope you'll take out your bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of god's word on this edition of the virtual bible study and this is the virtual bible study for thursday night april the 8th 2021 we thank you for joining us on the virtual bible study tonight and look forward to your participation as we talk about what i think is really an important topic is we've discussed it before on the virtual bible study but it's been several years ago and we actually had a a listener who said believe you need to deal with that again it's a it's an issue for young people so we're going to talk about dancing and the prom uh my name is greg Gwynn. obviously uh, i'm not sitting in my normal seat if you're a regular viewer you recognize i'm sitting in jacob's seats jacob is out of pocket uh tonight and so i'm sitting in his seat trying to run the control my part of the control board my good friend and brother josh mccord is sitting in my usual seat josh welcome to the virtual bible study thanks for having me greg good to be here and then our and then our regular reliable uh engineer i guess we'll call you kyle kyle is on the on the main board kyle thanks for being here always good to be here so we want to talk about the prom tonight and dancing in general uh josh would you agree with me that these kinds of moral issues are well first of all i think they're kind of being neglected in in the teaching of lots of churches and then what is being said is sort of being uh compromised sure i think this is an issue where um it, we don't really know why we should or shouldn't do this and so people just just go along with the crowd and i think the world is influencing the yeah. church in this matter and uh, worldly teenagers do this and so christians are tempted to do it i gotta tell you if we do not speak plainly about these kinds of issues our young people are going to be in jeopardy um you know, uh, when when Paul was talking in First Corinthians chapter four, he, he was talking about speaking in tongues and the use of spiritual gifts uh, in the assembly of the church at Corinth. Uh, but he used an expression: "If the trumpet give an uncertain sound." And his point was, you know, if you were on a battlefield uh, and the trumpet sounded, but you you couldn't make any sense of what the message of the trumpeter was. You wouldn't know whether to attack or retreat. So he says it's very dangerous. Uh, he wasn't talking about dancing in that context, is my point. But he 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 used an expression there, an uncertain sound. And I'm I'm really convinced that a lot of times we're given an uncertain sound. I know some preachers who basically say, well, maybe you should, maybe you shouldn't. You have to make up your own mind. Right. If you give that kind of a message to a teenager. I, I knew one preacher who, who preached a whole sermon about dancing and then left it wide open at the end. He said, you're just going to have to make up your own mind. He was later shocked when all the teenagers at that congregation went to the yeah. prom. He basically told them it's okay. He gave them the opening. Yeah, he, he basically gave them a, a free license to do yeah. it. And And again, it would not be surprising that young people who are very tempted in these matters would take that as a, as a, a right. licensed act. Right. So yeah, we uh, got to be plain, I think. We got to be very straightforward and plain. So we sent out some questions to our update list earlier today. Uh, get on our list. If you're not, send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. Say, add me to your list. Uh, we sent out these questions for consideration. We got a few, few feedbacks and we're looking for more feedback. If you, uh, I don't even have my chat window open. If you get in the chat room, I'll have to get that open here in a minute. You can make comments in the chat room window. Here's the questions that we asked earlier today. Is all dancing sinful? Yes or no? Why or why not? 
Number two, concerning modern dancing, the kind that takes place at the prom, why is it sinful? If the Bible does not say, thou shalt not dance, how can we condemn it? Number three, what are some of the evil fruits of dancing? And number four, concerning going to the prom, how would you respond to a young person who says, I'm going to the prom, but I'm not going to dance? Or, this is a once-in-a-lifetime occasion, and I'd be missing out on something important. I think that's something we really want to spend some time on, Josh, because we do hear that sort of stuff a lot. All right. First question, is all dancing sinful? And I I suspect that there are some people, because they know that we're really conservatively minded folks uh, here at College View. I'm sure that there are some people who will be shocked to hear us say no. Not all dancing is yeah. sinful. Uh, even in the pages of Scripture, we find some non-sinful dances. Yeah, yeah I, I had an example of Exodus 15. So after the Israelites uh, uh, crossed safely the Red Sea uh, and the Egyptian army was destroyed there, Miriam in Exodus 15, verse 21, says, Miriam answered them, uh, sing ye to the Lord. Or excuse me, verse 20. Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dances. So they danced uh, as a way to express their celebration that, that God had delivered them. Uh, and so that was that was a, a dance that they did. Those group of women yeah. did to, yeah. to celebrate. It, it wasn't condemned. It seemed to, right. be, seemed to be acceptable. So I had that one on my list, too, Miriam at the Red Sea. I had, I had a couple of others from the Old Testament. Jephthah's daughter in Judges 11 uh, verses 33 and 34, she went out to meet Jephthah when he had returned victorious from battle. Of course, it was a bad thing because Jephthah had made that rash vow concerning his daughter or concerning the first thing who met him at his house when he returned. Uh, but she came out to meet him with timbrels and dances. Obviously, it was a dancing of rejoicing. After David killed Goliath, uh, it says the women uh, of Israel danced uh, when they came out to meet King Saul and, of course, Saul got very envious because that's when they said Saul has slain his thousands, David has slain his ten thousand. But, again, the women were dancing and dancing of right. rejoicing. Right. Uh, now, we might get a quibble on this because all of those instances that we referenced were Old Testament that's references. Right. That's right. I actually got one in the New Testament. You got one? No. I got one in the New Testament. Luke 15, when the prodigal son came home, uh the father said, Luke 15, beginning verse 23, bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. Now his elder son was in the field and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. Now, yeah. Jesus was one telling that. Mm-hmm. And so you have to believe that, that the dancing that Jesus was describing there was not yeah. any kind of a sinful dance. Right. He didn't. He, he spoke of it as though it was right. a good thing, a, a dancing of rejoicing. So I got I got at least those four. Did you have any others? Um, well, I just put that uh, in Psalm 30 and verse 11. David, a Psalm of David, he he talked about dancing uh, to, to show an emotion. He he was happy, and yeah. so he had turned his mourning into to a happy thing. And dancing was associated with it. Yeah, I got I got a couple of Psalms too. Uh, psalms of praise and devotion, and there's a bunch of them. I, mm-hmm. I just uh, Psalm 149, beginning verse one: Sing to the Lord a new song, and His praise in the congregation of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in Him that made Him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name in the dance. Let them sing praises unto him with the timbrel and harp. Same sort of thing. Uh, Psalm 150, verse 3. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance, verse 4. There's kind of a well-known instance uh, in the life of King David. Are you thinking the one I'm thinking of? When they were bringing the Ark of the Covenant back, you know, it had been, it'd been uh, uh, stored or kept at the house of Odom Edom. And he was being blessed because the Ark was in mm-hmm. his house. And David said, we need the Ark back home so we get this blessing, right. you know. And so they went and got the Ark. Uh, and uh, it says all of uh, this is Second uh, Samuel 6, verse 15. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the Ark of the Lord with shouting with the sound of the trumpet, I need to back up a verse. Uh, verse 14, David danced before the Lord with all his might. Again, that was a dance of praise and devotion. So I think we've got to say 
that not not all dancing, even in the Bible, is condemned. Right. But the, I think the difference is they danced for things like expressing their feelings. It was it was to show that they had been delivered. So they danced to show that they were happy. They were they were praising God with. Uh, they were just excited about uh, what was going on. They were being blessed, and so they danced in that sort of way. Yeah. Uh, and so maybe we'll talk about the difference between that and dancing yes. today. And and I think that's the key. There, even in and almost all those references, except the one of the prodigal son, almost all of those were mentioned in the Old Testament. But even in the Old Testament, there were sinful dances in the right. Old Testament. In in Exodus thirty-two verse nineteen, when Moses came down from the mountain and the and the people had made the golden calf and were worshiping it, it says in Exodus thirty-two verse nineteen, it came to pass as soon as he came nigh to the camp when he saw the calf and the dancing. Moses' anger waxed hot, and he cast the tables out of his hand and break them beneath the mount. So the the, the lewd or, or sinful dancing of those as they worshipped the idolatrous golden calf. And then one in the New Testament, an example, Matthew 14, verse 6. Uh, this led, of course, to the death of John the Baptist. Herod's birthday was kept, and the daughter of Herodias danced before him and pleased Herod. You have to believe that was a lewd yeah. dance that she was dancing. Well, he actually, and, and Mark's account of that, he actually promised her anything up to half of the kingdom. Exactly because right. Because of what he saw when she danced. Yeah. And so, uh, again, our first answer is all dancing sinful. And the, and the answer has to be no. Even in the Bible, we read of some dances that were not sinful. Got a couple of email responses here. Dwight in Iowa said, I would like to say that there are things that husbands and wives are permitted to do in the privacy of their own home. I would not suggest that a husband and wife dance in public due to the example it sets and the possibility of causing someone else to lust or have evil thoughts. As for school dances, dance halls, etc., I believe that these are not right due to the fact that we are children of God, and we are not, and, and, and we are to be wholly set apart from the world. I thought Dwight had a, an interesting observation. You know, when we condemn this sort of thing, I think he makes a good point. You know, a husband and wife might do something in the privacy of their own home. They might dance, but but that's not sinful between a husband and wife. What, we're going to point yeah. out that the sin is is the illicit lust and lasciviousness that's right. involved, and of course. Between a husband and wife, those that's things where it's are, supposed are, to be. Are, that's that's where feelings are supposed to be. Exactly right. Uh, Kent in Calhoun, Georgia, says not all dancing mentioned in the Bible would be sinful. However, specific types of dancing certainly was a violation of the Word of God and was certainly sinful. Exodus thirty-two, beginning verse one, an example of how certain dancing was viewed by God as being sinful. I, and, and I think again, that's the. That's the golden calf reference, I believe, that I was mentioning a minute ago. Exodus 15, beginning verse 20, gives an account of women dancing where no men were involved. That was the dancing when they crossed the Red Sea. They danced to celebrate God's deliverance of Israel from Egypt. Judges 21:19 records an example of women dancing where no men were involved. Uh, is that is that the one I had about Judges 21? Yeah, no, no, that's that's a different one. I'm not sure what he. I'm not sure the context of that one. In Second Samuel six fourteen, beginning, David danced before the Lord when they were bringing the ark back. In verse twenty, Michael rebuked David because his dancing was considered to her to be a shameful activity. The Hebrew term translated dance in the Old Testament refers to whirling or turning. The contextual usage of the term must be considered to determine as to whether or not sinful activity was under consideration. In Matthew 14, 6, the daughter of Herodias danced, translated from the Greek word meaning to leap with regularity of motion. This type of dancing uh, that was discussed there was lewd and provocative, sexually stimulating, and therefore sinful. Luke 15, verse 25 mentions dancing as a celebration upon the prodigal uh, son's return home. Note there is no New Testament example of men and women dancing with one another as they do today in the modern dance. There are no examples of Christ, the apostles, or members of the first century church engaging in dancing. I think Kemp makes an interesting observation there. Even in those that we read in the Old Testament, it was never men and that's, women that's right. together. It was either women or men. That's right. That's 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 kind of a, an interesting distinction. So there, there wouldn't be an opportunity for any kind of sinful activity to happen. Yeah. It would just be the women there and yeah. the men there. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was a pretty good point. Uh, Mohan in Chicago says, lewd dancing that causes temptations and dancing with those you're not married to, I believe, is sinful. 
Uh, and we're going to talk more about that as we get further into our study. So the, the, the first point, and again, maybe a little surprising to some who might be listening to what we have to say, is that not all dancing is sinful. Not even all the dancing mentioned in the Bible is sinful. But we're going to talk about some that is and why it is when we come back from this break. Stick with us. We'll be back after this break on the virtual Bible study. Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. Here's some quotes worth pondering. Think right, act right. It is what you think and do that makes you what you are. Unless you try to do something beyond what you have already mastered, you will never grow. Truth ever gains and error uniformly loses by discussion. Man, wish I'd said that. Here's a quick thought. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Psalm 90, 12. Do you look at every day as a precious gift of God? Every day as an opportunity to gain wisdom? How do you view the gift of life? Think about it. Seize the day. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The virtual Bible study continues. And we're back on the virtual Bible study. We're talking about dancing and the prom, which we think is a really timely topic. I finally got my chat room window open. I was a little negligent getting to that. Uh, Kevin is in the chat room. We haven't seen Kevin in a while. Kevin, great to have you out there. And he says he's watching tonight from Oregon. Kevin moves around a lot. He's out in Oregon tonight. Uh, Brad is in Athens, Alabama. Got a guest in the chat room from Iowa. Uh, and that, and that guest makes a point about not going to the problem and the opportunity it provides us if our young people, if they choose not to go, they're actually doing something positive, and we'll talk about that when we get to that. Jacob, who's out of pocket tonight, is actually watching and listening in Jennings, Florida, uh, and uh, Dwight and Michelle are listening in Ames, Iowa. It's great to have you all. I see some others in the chat room who haven't commented. I see Brian in California. I see Grant and Janie in, in uh, Franklin, Tennessee. Uh, there may be some others there. So we're glad to have all of you uh, uh listening and watching on the virtual Bible study tonight. All right. So next question we want to discuss, Josh, is concerning modern dancing. And I think we have to distinguish that modern dancing. And I put in parentheses the kind that takes place at the prom because there's even there's some kind of modern dancing. I don't know that I would come out strongly against some kinds of modern dancing. There might be some things wrong with, for instance, clogging or square dancing. I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, you'd have to give me more details about those kinds yeah. of dances. But we're talking when we when we're condemning dancing tonight, we're specifically condemning modern dancing of the kind that takes place at the prom. Why is it sinful? Now, I want to challenge you, Josh, because I've I've read the Bible pretty much through several times, actually. <laughs> And I don't think I've ever read a place where it says, thou shalt not dance. So how, how are you going to come out strongly and condemn it? Well, I think that you're right. It doesn't, the Bible doesn't say thou shalt not dance. Uh, and we think about modern dancing, you know, unless, unless it's, I've seen it done on a football field in a celebratory way. Modern dancing isn't like the dancing that we read about in the Bible. It's, it's got a lot of sexual themes and overtones in it. Um, and so, I would just go to the works of the flesh. In Galatians chapter 5, beginning at verse 19, it says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, uh, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, and so I think we need to camp on lasciviousness and maybe even talk about revelings yes. there too uh, because lasciviousness uh, is defined as unbridled lust indecent bodily movements unchaste handling of males and females yeah. and i think that pretty much describes 
a lot of modern dancing. And so yeah. I think that is where modern I think dancing it, is I condemned. think you're exactly right. But, of course, that's a church word, lasciviousness. We never, we never right. use that word. Yeah. Except when we read it in the Bible. And so I think a lot of times it just goes right over people's right. head. But I, your definition is spot on. Uh, it, Thayer uses that exact phraseology, probably where you got that definition. I did. I did. Thayer says that lasciviousness, lasciviousness involves wanton acts or manners as filthy words. Notice this, indecent bodily movements unchaste handling of males and females. It sounds like he's talking about yeah, describing modern dancing. Modern dancing. Yeah. Um, Le- uh, Webster says lasciviousness means tending to produce lewd emotions. Uh, Vine says lasciviousness denotes excess, licentiousness, absence of restraint, indecency, wantonness, shameless outrages on public decency. So you're pretty strong on that. So I think you're right. I, I, the, I, and I like the way you said it. I, I, I would camp on that word. And, until you can tell me that that sort of thing does not happen in in modern dancing and at the prom, then I'm going to say you, you're sinning because you're committing the Sorry. works of the flesh. Yeah, that's right. Specifically their lasciviousness. But I like also your suggestion that in that same list there in Galatians 5 is the word revelings. Uh, have you got a definition on revelings? Um, well, I, I wrote down here that uh, there are parties that usually include uh, drinking and dancing. That's more my my definition. Yeah. But I think I think oh, those that's, things. That's the famous lexicon for Josh yeah, McCartney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think those things will be included because even at a prom, there's chaperones there to try to keep things from getting out of hand. Why do they need chaperones? Because there's going to be passions and lust and things, yeah. and, and so people are going to try to sneak good, good alcohol in, or they're going to try to sneak off to to uh, do things that are wrong. Well, and so yeah. Yeah. chaperones are on their. This is that's their that's. You know, teachers are coming on their off time, so I'm not sure if they're giving a thousand percent, you know, attention. They're <laughs> yeah. policing. I'm, like, I'm, I'm not, not sure the chaperone. It's sort of like yeah. the, maybe the fox garden, the hen house there a yeah. little bit, but at least the very notion that chaperones yeah. are appropriate yeah. Yeah. suggests mm-hmm. that there's a danger True. something That's inappropriate right. could happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, let me give you a couple. Uh, I've got a couple definitions here on revelings. Now, no, remember, revelings and lasciviousness are mentioned among the works of the flesh. Uh, in Galatians 5, 19 through 21, revelings, Lydell and Scott says, a jovial festivity with music and dancing, a carousal merrymaking. Now, that's obviously sinful dancing because it's listed among works of the right. flesh. Uh, Vincent's word study says festival entertainment that was accompanied by carousing and dancing. I think we would say wild partying yeah it's revelings it our terminology would say revelings is wild partying but you know you think about what you have seen maybe and and obviously we don't watch this sort of thing but you have unfortunately been exposed for instance to music videos and seen some of the the dancers i mean I don't want to be too horribly graphic here, but they're they're simulating the sex act. They are. I mean, it's yeah. just it's it's it, it. You could not imagine something more lascivious yeah. than that. But the dances are designed in order to create those thoughts in your mind. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just what they are. Exactly right. So that's why we're saying that dancing of the type that is done at the prom is sinful. And we're gonna we're gonna hang on two words, lasciviousness and revelings. Let's see what our emailers said here real quick. Dwight says, uh modern day dancing is usually lascivious style behavior. Those who indulge in lasciviousness have put their souls in danger, according to Galatians five, nineteen through twenty one. Uh uh, and that, that's those works of the flesh we were just mentioning. He says, modern day dancing involves lusting, improper bodily movements, and surely causes improper thoughts leading to more sinful actions. Uh, Kent in Georgia says, the type of modern day dancing that is found at the prom and other recreational functions is sinful because such is a violation of basic Bible morality. Galatians 5, 19 through 21 lists works of the flesh and condemns lasciviousness, licentiousness. These terms denote excess, absence of restraint, indecency, and unchaste behavior. Thayer's Greek English lexicon 
defines these words as that of indecent bodily movements, unchaste handling of males and females. Such is very descriptive of the modern dance. Something does not have to be explicitly condemned before it is sinful. When biblical principles are violated, such is sinful. Uh, Mohan in Chicago says, uh, when the two are not married, it can cause temptations. And that's what it is. No and doubt about That's it. what the lasciviousness does. Exactly right. And, and so for all of those reasons, we believe that we are on solid ground when we say that the modern dancing, the kind that takes place at the prom, is sinful. Even if you can't produce a Bible verse that says, thou shalt not dance. But you're gonna to have to, you're gonna to have to use your brain power. You're gonna to have to dig a little bit deeper. You're gonna to have to do a little word right. studying. But it's plain, don't you think? Yeah, I do. And, you know, and another piece of it we hadn't really mentioned, our topic is about dancing, but also at proms, there's, there's people who are immodestly dressed. And so you've got people who are half clothed, dancing in appropriately. I mean, it's, it's just setting yourself up for failure. Yeah, uh, spiritually, if, if you do that, if you go to the prom and get involved in those kind of things. Exactly right. So, uh, and, and, and this is, this maybe gets into an, uh, the next part of our question. What are some of the evil fruits, mm-hmm. uh, of modern dancing and going to the prom? Uh, Jesus set forth a principle in, uh, Matthew 7 during, in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, he wasn't talking about dancing, but he, he, he stated a, a, a general principle. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? So every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. So what does what does dancing and going to the problem, what does it encourage and promote? Would you be able to say... You know, when I went to the prom, it it really motivated me to be more into Bible study. I, you know, I, I thought at, at the prom, the thought hit me. I just want to spend more time reading my Bible. Uh, I want to spend more time in prayer. I went to the prom the other night and I was, it just really, really motivated me. I got, I just, it just... It just made me want to be more a person of prayer. Uh, I went to the prom and, and, and I came away thinking, uh, I, I need to be more active in teaching lost people about salvation. You, no. you, you wouldn't say no. any of that. It's almost purely physical. Yeah. What you would say is uh, I went to the prom and there was a lot of drinking going on and, and I was tempted to engage in drinking, uh, there was a ton of sexual activity in evidence. Uh, and, you know, again, not to be too graphic, but if you do a little bit of investigation on the Internet about what takes place on prom night mm-hmm. and what is prevalent, uh, I mean, so you hear this expression, it's a rite of passage. <laughs> yeah, a passage into sinful activity right. because... Uh, a lot of, a lot of, of sexual activity. I, I've even read where, where parents are basically signing off on the fact that their teenagers will be having sex on that night. And did they get a pass for that night? Some of them even rent hotel rooms so they won't be out driving drunk in the car and have an accident. They, if they're going to do it, they, their argument is they, they, they want a safe place for them to do it. We, can you, I don't want to tell you what. Parents who do that sort of thing, that's child abuse. It, it is literally child abuse. Um, again, uh, the, the evil fruits of, of dancing in the prom are all kinds of immoral uh, activity. And so, you know, again, Jesus said, by their fruits, uh, ye shall know them. Uh, we're up to time for a break. A couple more things we want to talk about. S- some of the bad consequence of, of dancing and the prom. We're going to take a, a quick break. And when we get back, we want to talk about some of the other bad things that result from modern dancing and the prom. Stick with us. We'll be back right after these messages. Now you can listen to a podcast of a recent sermon every week. Find out more at collegeview.com. There's more of the virtual Bible study right after these important messages.
I'm Tom Goodall, a member of College View Church of Christ. Do you have a question about what has been said on the virtual Bible study tonight? Perhaps you disagree with something that was said, or would just like more information about what you've heard. If so, we'd love to hear from you. Please contact us with any questions or comments that you might have. Email us at questions at collegeview.com, and we can discuss any of your questions or comments with you privately or over email. Or if you would like to speak with someone in person, call us at 931 381 Four five six seven. Our promise to you is that we'll do our very best to give you a Bible answer for anything that we do or teach, and that we will do so in a loving manner. So if you have any questions or comments about our program tonight or any Bible subject, email us at questions at collegeview.com or call 931-381-4567. Thanks for listening to tonight's virtual Bible study, and we hope to hear from you soon. This is Greg Wynn with this week's Bullet Point. Nearly 70 years ago, the Highland Church of Christ in Abilene, Texas, provoked dissension and division in the body of Christ when they promoted the Herald of Truth radio and television programs. The leaders of that congregation argued that a national program was needed. Furthermore, since no one local congregation would ever be financially able to conduct such a large-scale effort, it was necessary to establish some sort of organization to make it possible. The result was the establishment and implementation of a sponsoring church methodology. The elders of the Highland Church would solicit funds from other churches throughout the country. They would then oversee the use of these funds to produce and distribute the Herald of Truth program. Faithful brethren began immediately to oppose this man-made innovation. Compelling arguments were presented to show that such a plan was a clear violation of the congregational autonomy taught in the New Testament. The point was made that elders are limited in their oversight authority to the single congregations of which they are members, 1 Peter 5, verses 1 through 3. Urgent warnings were voiced that if such a plan were followed, it would lead to more and greater departures from the pattern of work and worship which is set forth in the inspired word. Those warnings have now seen their fulfillment. Recent visitors to the Highland Congregation report, quote, a full-blown band on stage and an all-woman quartet entertaining the audience, hand clapping and hands raised in the air with arms and bodies swaying to the music, unquote. At a specific Tuesday night assembly, the congregation also partook of the Lord's Supper. Brethren, once we make the first departure from Bible authority, there is no stopping place. One innovation opens the door for the next. The events at the Highland Church confirm what we've been knowing all along. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Colossians 3:17. Now, back to the program. And we're back on the virtual Bible study. We're talking about dancing in the prom, but we, before we get back to our discussion, we want to remind you that this program is brought to you by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can learn more about us by going to our website, collegeview.com, and you find a lot of resources there. Also, uh, in the linked website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com, there's all kind of archives of past programs, bulletin articles, past sermons, uh, all, uh, all kinds of links that you can go to there that might help in your Bible study. Uh, on collegeview.com, you'll find a link to our other YouTube channel. You're watching tonight on our uh, virtual Bible study channel, but we also have uh, a College View live stream channel. And Kyle, we've got a lot of sermon resources on there. Oh, yeah, definitely, and which I encourage... Uh Old and young, we started just a new study last night about uh, marriage, a thorough study on marriage and marriage and divorce and marriage, divorce and remarriage. So there's a, a great study uh, starting. Yeah, yeah. we're, we're going to we're going to engage for in a quarter on that study uh, about marriage and divorce and remarriage as well. Uh, and and I assume you'll be putting that in a playlist, oh, yeah. Kyle. Yeah. We just concluded on on, in, on Wednesday night a year long study of the Book of Acts, and I think that's all out there in a playlist, isn't yeah. it, Kyle? So uh, there's just a lot of resources. Go to collegeview.com, and there's a link there to our College View live stream YouTube channel, which is separate from our virtual Bible study YouTube channel. Um, all right, so uh, again, we're talking about dancing. Modern dancing, the prom. I got an email. You got an email there, uh, Josh, from I did. Brad got an email from from Brad Collins. So appreciate you sending in your thoughts uh, to answer question two about why modern dancing is sinful. He says, "Imagine a man slow dancing with your wife or your daughter. Are you okay with that? Yes. Okay, then. Now imagine the same scene with no music. Are you still okay with it? Are you okay uh, with where the man's hands are on your daughter's body? Are you okay with how close this other man is standing to your wife?" With his body right up against hers, I suspect not. He said, how can it uh, somehow be lewdness, licentiousness, uh, when there is no music, but once the DJ starts playing a tune, it's perfectly fine. 
I think that's a, oh, I think that's yeah. a good point. That's a really good point, Brad. I, I remember an old story about a guy who came home and he looked in the window and he saw his friend in the living room hugging and gyrating with his wife. Yeah. And he was, he was enraged and he busted through the door and, and his wife said, it's okay, okay, we got music playing. <laughs> you know, so that was supposed to be okay. That doesn't make it okay. No, that doesn't make it okay. Uh, I think that's a really good point. Would you want, would you want a man handling your wife or daughter like that? No. Music or no music? No. Just think about this. Yeah, we understand the feelings that are yeah. what that in, insinuates and the yeah. feelings that it the intimate being close like that, the feelings that could arise. So, yeah, I think that's an excellent point. In the chat room, Brian in California says, years ago, I was I once as an assigned duty chaperoned a junior high dance. The first thing I noticed is how the blaring music is disorienting. At least it was to me. The bodies undulating and gyrating on the dance floor was appalling. I remember turning to veteran teachers awaiting the word to intervene. I soon learned this was the norm. That atmosphere of unrestrained, carefree inhibition is uh, inhibitions is still vivid to this day. Don't get me started on the eighth grade into the year trip to the water slides. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> oh man, Brian, good point. Brad, who just uh, you just read his email, he's got a comment in the chat room too. He says, "Greg, you have talked about how the fashion industry admits that with much of women's clothing, the point is to accentuate certain features of the body and attract men's eyes. The only folks who deny." The only folks that deny that are Christians who want to play fast and loose with their own dress. You know, the points were, and I think Brad's right about dress, and the points we're making about going to the prom, the way they dress and the way they dance, they're not, people of the world are open about that. They admit what it's about. Right. And the only people who would try to argue otherwise are Christians who try yeah. to justify involvement. They want their kids to fit in. Yeah. Don't want to stand out. Jacob in Florida comments, he says, amen, Brad. Similarly, only Christians would try to argue that the problem in dancing isn't about sensuality. Exactly right, Jacob. Brad responds, similarly, there's not a pagan out there who would deny that modern dance parties are to get men and women turned on. I mean, people have made jokes about prom dresses based on the on that premise for years. The only people denying it are Christians who desperately want not to stand out too much from the worldly crowd. Exactly right. Um, and he, he amens your observations, Josh. All right. Um, okay. So, uh, get, I, I hope that you do not, you, you do not take it that we are just preaching to the choir here, as they say here tonight, Josh. I, we're getting a lot of agreement from our responders, but we hope that there will be people who are listening who, and especially maybe young people who are listening, who are tempted about this sort of thing. And, and we want you to get your eyes open and realize what's really going on. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not about, I, th- I think people may hear it and say, oh, they just, they just don't want us to have fun. Uh, no, we're we're all about fun and in a good, clean way. But this is talking about your soul being in danger. Yeah, this is sin. This is sin. Yeah, sin can't be. I mean, well, there, you know, Moses. It says Moses chose not to uh, enjoy the pleasures, pleasures of sin. There's pleasure in sin. We're not denying right. that, but it comes crashing down. I think it comes crashing down. In this lifetime, mm-hmm. and certainly will in eternity, too. We were talking before we went to the break about some of the evil fruit of dancing. And we said, you know, it 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 puts you in a situation where you're tempted to do other sinful things like drinking and sexual activity, all kinds of immoral activity. You're putting yourself, one of the fruits of dancing is that you are putting yourself plainly in the path of temptation. You're, 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 right. you're putting yourself... In danger's way. Uh, uh, Paul told Timothy, 2 Timothy 2, verse 22, flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. What we ought to do is be fleeing from situations that produce sinful. You, he, he mentions to Timothy youthful lust. Flee from things that provoke right. youthful lust. I'll tell you, any teenager who goes to the prom is fleeing toward youthful right. lust instead of away from youthful. Well, uh, uh, Romans thirteen 
14, I believe that's right, Paul said, make no provision for the flesh yeah. to fulfill the lust thereof. That, that is, you're making provision for the flesh. You're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah, a, a verse that we've got to throw into this mix is Matthew 5, 28. Jesus said, whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her has committed adultery with her already in his heart. You know, the looking and the lusting. And we're going to talk about that in a minute when we talk about you know, some of the arguments, well, I'm going to go to the prom, but I'm not going to dance. Right. We'll talk about that in a minute. But you're certainly putting yourself in a, in a position of temptation. But I, another thing that I think you've got to consider as a bad fruit of involvement in dancing in the prom is that it's going to have an effect on your influence. Your influence is going to be destroyed by such participations. Um First Thessalonians 5:22 abstain from all appearance of evil. Uh, I had a I didn't I didn't get it out, but some of the, some of the older folks listening will remember the the singer Anita Bryant, and this goes back. Oh man, I, I'm saying this has got to go back 30 plus years ago. She had been a real outspoken. She was she she had a a a, a rather uh, well known career as a singer. But she came out strongly on moral issues. Okay. Uh, uh, I don't remember exactly what all the things were that she was campaigning for. But someone caught her out dancing and mm-hmm. and made a big deal about the contradiction between her arguing against certain moral sins and here she was dancing. So right. it ruined the dancing she did ruined her influence mm-hmm. to be able to argue about anything else. Yeah, all the good she did was sort of yeah. ruined by that. Yeah. So um, uh, we have an, a Jesus taught very famously Matthew five verse sixteen. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So here's a teenager who's a Christian, uh, a boy and a girl. The boy and the girl are both Christians. And they're at the prom. She's dressed very immodestly as they do at the prom. Are they letting their light shine? Are people going to be influenced so that they will see their good works and glorify the Father in heaven because of seeing them at the prom? No, they're going to they're going to destroy their influence at the prom. Well, I, I referenced uh, Titus two, beginning of verse six. Uh, Paul said, "Young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded in all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works." Now, he goes on to talk about other things, but uh, in verse 8, uh, he says that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed having no evil thing to say of you. So, you know, the idea there is even if they wanted to say something bad about you, they couldn't find anything bad because you are going out of your way to make sure you're doing things that are good and you're being a good example. But that would not be the case if you had been to the prom That's right. and they could say, yeah, well, you're one to That's be right. telling me. I saw yeah. you at the prom, and by the way, right. that girl you were with had hardly no clothes yeah. on. So you go talk to him about dressing modestly. Yeah. What about what about the prom? Yeah, exactly right. Uh, another statement to one of these two young evangelists. I think I always think it's very powerful to Paul's comments to Timothy and Titus. You know, because it it, it, it certainly should strike a chord with young people. These guys were young and they were busy trying to do the work of the Lord, and so the encouragements to them especially about being young, should be really uh, important to observe for our young people. In 1 Timothy 4, verse 12, let no man despise thy youth, but be an example of the believers in word, in conversation, or manner of life, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Be an example of the believers. So I'm at the prom. The example, is this what all believers do? Do, do, Is this what all Christians do? is this a good acceptable thing is this what christians do uh, that's got to be a reasonable question yeah well i jesus said in matthew 18 and verse 6 uh, about causing offense he says whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea yeah so uh because of how i'm dressed and how i'm handling my body if i cause somebody to stumble and sin uh jesus said it'd be better for me to have that millstone hanging yeah. by my neck, tossed yeah. into the sea. So we don't need to be a bad influence, but we, if we tempt somebody else and cause them to sin, you know, a I, And we, and I gotta, I gotta link that to what we were saying earlier, Josh, about a mixed message or an uncertain mm-hmm. sound, even coming from our pulpits. You know, if, if something that I say can be so misapplied 
that it gives license to a teenager to go out dancing or go to the prom. I believe that I've got some culpability in that business. You know, I got to, you know, in in uh, uh, James chapter three and verse one, uh, James says, "My brethren, be not many masters or teachers, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation or harsher judgment." You, if you teach in such a way that somebody's going to take what you said and they're going to use it for license to engage in these kind of sinful activities. You're going to answer for that. Yeah. There's a danger associated with teaching. It's a big responsibility. Exactly right. All right. We're going to uh, grab Kyle before we go to the break. Any thoughts along these lines? No, no, no. Okay. We, I think, I think, again, I think we're getting a lot of agreement among those who are participating in the program. But having said that, uh, uh, we hope that there'll be some who listen and, and learn these important lessons. We're going to take our last break. And when we come back, we'll go to the top of the hour. Talking especially about those who think they can maybe go to the prom but not dance. What about that possibility? We'll talk about that when we get back. After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. I'm Greg Gwynn, a host of the Virtual Bible Study. Thanks for joining us for tonight's program. The Virtual Bible Study is presented weekly by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Each week on the Virtual Bible Study, we simply engage in the study of God's Word in an effort to better understand it, better understand how God views us, and better understand what He wants from us in our lives. We're not studying any creeds. We're not studying any books written by men. We're just studying the Bible. And we're trying to study the Bible alone without any of our opinions or wisdom mixed in. We're only interested in what our Creator has revealed to to us in his word. We realize that we're fallible and cannot direct our own steps. As a result, what we think or feel doesn't really matter. All that matters is what God has said. So that's what the virtual Bible study is all about. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Thanks again for joining us tonight, and we we'll hope you'll make plans to join us every Thursday night for the virtual Bible study. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. In 2010, a little less than 19% of self-identified born-again Christians said that they never or seldom attend church services. By 2019, that share had jumped to over 24% of those who are 65 and older. Again, that means that 24% of self-identified Christians older than 65 years old never or seldom attend church services. During that same time, the portion that attended services at least once a week dropped by 4 percentage points. That information is via the Gospel Coalition. The Word of God says in Hebrews 10, verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study. And we're back on the virtual Bible study, going to the top of the hour. We're talking about dancing and going to the prom. We talked, we were just talking about some of the evil fruits that, that dancing produces. And I got a couple of emails here to, to add into the mix. Uh, Dwight says some of the evils that come forth from dancing are lusting, sinful thoughts, desires that lead to sexual immorality, pregnancy, abortions can be part of the outcome of dancing as well, all of which are condemned by the word of God. Uh, and he mentions Mark 6, the daughter of Herodias danced before Herod. Caused him to promise her whatever she wanted, and that, of course, led to the death of John the Baptist. Uh, Kent says that the evil fruits of dancing are all things dealing with sexual impurity. And Molon says some evil fruits are the temptation to commit fornication and have impure thoughts. All those are exactly on the mark. Now, finally... What would you say? And you and and I think if you if you engage young people in these discussions, which we should, I think those of us who are older should be engaging our young people in these kinds of discussions. You're going to get. You're almost certain to get some feedback of this sort. I'm going to go to the prom, but I'm not going to dance. Uh, how, how are you going to answer them, Josh? Well, you know, I thought about James chapter one, where it talks about being tempted. Uh, and he says, every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. That just tells us the process. But if I go to a place, even if I say, I'm just going to stand there uh, and I'm not going to participate and think that I'm not going to be tempted by the things that I look around and see, I'm just I'm just fooling my own self because I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be looking at things that are inappropriate and it's going to cause me to think bad thoughts. I'm not exempt to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm setting myself up for, for failure. We're making pro- provision for the flesh. 
I think a couple of things you mentioned there are, are just exactly right. One of them is it's a bad place. Bad things are happening there. Uh, would you? So the person who thinks that's okay and, and, and is going to make that argument would would you then also agree that it would be okay to go to a bar and sit at the bar with people drinking alcohol, but you're not going to drink alcohol. But it's 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 a it's a dark, smoky room. Right. There's a lot of bad stuff going Nothing on. Nothing good going on there. But you're not going to participate. You're just going to go. Right. I think everybody said, no, you're not going to do that. Or, or you, you know, I, I suppose you could compound the examples of that. But it's a bad place. Bad things are happening there. And you're, and first of all, your presence there is going to hurt your influence. And, and secondly, it's going to strongly tempt you in regards to the things that are, are – so you say you're not going to dance – what if someone really urged you to dance? Would you be strong enough to say no? Even if you didn't dance, would you be strong enough to keep your thoughts pure? Yeah, I mean, I guess we've you got have to face the so wall. So here's, here's <laughs> yeah, maybe turn your back to the dance floor because here's these half-clothed girls out there gyrating yeah. their bodies, and you, and that's not going to, yeah. you know, I've always I've always sort of jokingly said it, if a guy can say that, that that wouldn't bother him to see that and it wouldn't affect him. He may need to go to the doctor. There might be something wrong with him because that's supposed to bother us. It's designed to bother us. You know, uh, uh, the, the, the male psyche is m- very much active, uh, stimulated by visual content. And, and that's why pornography is such a horrible right. thing. But actually, the live dance floor is, is live pornography, effectively. And yeah. so, and if you can say that that doesn't bother you, there's probably something wrong with you. Yeah, it's supposed to bother you. Yeah. Right. Uh, so uh, I, I would make those points. Uh, Brad in the chat room says, "Let no one despise your youth." I used to think that that meant not to listen to the sticks in the mud, stick in the muds, who give you a hard time about your youthful vigor. It's almost the very opposite. You've heard someone described as wise beyond his years. Who is wise beyond his years more than the youth who does not get swept up in the emotional once-in-a-lifetime argument, but rather stands his ground, demonstrating the wisdom and the resolve that too many adults do not even exercise? Uh, Brian agrees with Brad on that. Um, Josh, what about – so I've got a teenager. This is his senior year in high school, and so I'm going to let him go to the dance, my argument being – I really don't, you know, I, I, I don't want him to feel different. I, I, I don't want him to stand out from the crowd. I want him to be like all the other kids. Yeah. I, I want him to fit in. How would you answer that? Well, I think first look at the question. Are you sure you don't want them to be different? Yeah. I mean, think about the world and, and the state that it's in. People, their minds are so debased and the things that they're thinking and doing. And you want your child to be just like the world? Yeah. I, I just think that that question's even crazy. Of course you want them to be different. And plus the Bible tells us to, to come out and be separate. We're yeah. supposed to be different. Yeah. Uh, our body belongs to God. And we need to handle it the way that he wants us to. You know, while we've got our kids at home, we need to be helping them and coaching them to accept the fact that as the people of God, we are different. We must be right. different. A peculiar people is what we are. That's right. And if, and if we're not different, we're not getting the job done. That's right. If we're fitting in, there's a problem. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Um, so, uh, again, we, even if you're not going to dance, are you going to be able to control your thoughts while watching other people dance? Are you going to be the light to the world that you're supposed to be, as Jesus said in Matthew 5, 16? There's another verse that, that I think really applies here. Ephesians 5, verse 11. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Dancing is a work of darkness. And instead of participating, fellowship there means to participate, to have joint participation in the works of darkness. You're not supposed to have participation. You're supposed to reprove them. Is anybody else at the dance going to get the idea that I'm against that? I'm there myself. How could I say I'm against that? Your very presence shows that you approve of it. Yeah. Um, Can you go with a clear conscience? You know, if if you can't, and and I think a lot of, a lot of young Christians when they go to the prom or other dances, they know in their heart of hearts 
that it's not a good thing. They, they, they've got some conscience issues, even though they go. That's why they work so hard to try to justify it with, right. with phony arguments. Paul said in Romans fourteen twenty three, he, he that doubteth is damned if he eat because he eateth not of faith for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. He's talking about eating of meats offered to idols there. But the point is, if it, if it violates your conscience, it's a sin. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And, and, uh, and then this is sort of an old standby argument. Um, would, would you want to be at the prom when the Lord returns? Uh, the people may say, ah, oh, come on, that's a phony. <laughs> but I mean, but think it's about true it. if you think yeah, about yeah. it. But, and then think of the other thing is, I mean, he's, he's a, even if he doesn't come, he's aware that you're, you're there. Right. You're, that's not going to be hidden from him. Real quickly then, the other part of that question four was, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Josh, I mean, you're only going to be a senior once, and the senior prom is only going to take place once. Uh, you're going to be missing out on something. You're going to, it's, it's a life event, as we said earlier, sort of a rite of passage. Uh, how are you going to answer a person who says that? Well, I think that I would say we are in a war. You've only got one soul. Second uh, Timothy 2 and verse 4, uh, Paul wrote to Timothy and said, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. We're at war against the the works of darkness and Satan, and we can't let anything this world has to offer get us tangled up in that. Uh, and so we've got to fulfill our duties as a Christian. So I just think saying that it's it's a once in a lifetime thing. We don't need to be involved with everything that goes on. Uh, we should need to, we need to stay away from it. Yeah, I read an article by a, a fellow named Bobby Duncan who said the truth of the matter is that high school seniors have an opportunity to do something they will never again have the opportunity to do. Okay. They will never again have such a great opportunity to demonstrate the the loyalty to that loyalty to Christ is more important than anything else. You're a senior only once, and never again will you be able to show those you who know you that even the senior prom cannot cause you to put yourself in a compromising position. This is an opportunity to do the will of God that will never present itself again. Yeah, that's true. I, I thought that was pretty well yeah, stated. Yeah, they'll, they'll look back. You're not going to think about who all was there, but you'll think, you know, that guy said he wasn't going to go because he because his faith in God. Yeah, I, you know, made him you, not go. yeah, you won't you won't remember the people who were there, but you might remember someone who took a stand and said, yeah. "I'm not going to do that." Sure, exactly right. Let me read a couple of emails, and we're just about out of time. <clears throat> Dwight in Iowa says, the example we set for others is very important. For example, if I go to the prom and do not dance, maybe I won't have any issues for lusting and so forth. But my Christian brother or sister sees me go to the prom and and they say, he can go, so I will. But they're much weaker Christian. And now you've put a stumbling block in front of them. Besides, the people who see you go to the prom do not necessarily know you are not going to dance. He quotes Matthew 18, verse 7, Woe to the world because of the stumbling blocks, for it is inevitable that the stumbling blocks come, but woe to the person through whom the stumbling block comes. He says, Heaven is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and if we miss that due to sin, that is worse than missing any dance or prom, etc. <coughs> Excuse me. Parents need to teach their children these Bible principles at a very early age so that when the kids are older, it won't even be a question if they can go to the dance or not. Good point. Man, got a tickle. If we wait to teach our kids, Josh, until it's senior prom night, we wait. It's too late. Yeah, it's too late. Yeah, I thought about First Peter five and verse eight, and it talks about the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Uh, When you go to prom, you're you know maybe essentially putting yourself in the lion's den and shutting the gate behind you. I mean, you're throwing yourself in there. Parents are putting. They're essentially tenderizing their children and throwing them into the, throwing them to the lion. Yeah, put meat tenderizer on. So like, yeah, have a good time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Kent says, by one's participation in the problem, one is endorsing such sinful activity by their very presence, even if they do not dance. Even though this is a once in a lifetime activity, such is wrong and sinful. So what? So what if one misses out on such? Is it a big deal to miss out on the sin of fornication, or to say the least, miss out on being strongly tempted to commit the sin of fornication? Parents of teenagers need to learn to say no to certain activities. You know, I think Kit makes a good point there. Can parents just say no? You're not going. And can can they exercise the parental authority? To say that's not happening. Not not under my watch. Yeah. Need to be able to. 
Mohan in Chicago says, even though they may not dance, being in such an environment can cause sinful temptations. Unfortunately, some churches, such as the Boston movement related to Churches of Christ, have so-called clean proms and dances. And for some such dances hosted by these churches, they expect their members to be there, whether they, whether they dance or not. I didn't know about that, but uh, I mean, it really, we've gotten to the point where nothing really surprises you anymore. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, yeah. We are just out of time. Josh, thanks for helping us on this. I think it's a really important subject. Yeah, I think so, too. And and thanks to Brad, who's been emailing us and also in the chat room. Brad, thanks for reminding us that this needed to be dealt with again. We've talked about it before, but it's been several years ago. This is really an important subject. We have got to get the message across to our young people, and and I hope that maybe uh, some will be able to listen to to the arguments we've made. We, We are sympathetic with our young people and the temptations they face. We want them to be strong, and anything we can do to help them that way, we want to do it. Kyle, thanks for your help tonight, bud. It was good. All right. We're out of time for this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. Thanks for listening. Thanks for participating uh, in this important study. Lord willing, we'll be back next week, same time, same place. Plan to join us. Uh, Until then, read and study your Bible. Live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.